are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. Happy Monday, everybody. Thank you so much for making us your first listen each and every day, whether it be in the morning, afternoon, or the evening. As your boy, your boy Drake is here. I'm hosting today. Max has got a, he's getting, you know, used to the turnover, going over to Atlanta, getting everything set up. But I am joined, thankfully, thankfully, by this beautiful man right here, the man with the tan. As I said before, I'll say it again. Mr. David Wise. Davey, what's up, beautiful? You know, it's a good day, Drake. Uh, forget about the football game. PSA, Buffalo Chicken Tender Subs on sale right now at Publix. It's that time. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, your boy. I haven't actually, I don't think I've gotten one since I moved back down to Florida. I'm not even going to lie to you. It is a huge, yeah. huge mistake. But I mean, folks, they're not a sponsor of the show, but we do love Publix here. But we do. We are here to talk about what happened on Saturday night. Um, I've been recording this. We have to. We're recording this a little earlier on Sunday. I haven't had a chance to do a rewatch yet because, you know, trick or treaters are coming around. Got to make sure we're, you know, already got, as you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, at the green screen up behind me as we're getting ready for a little Halloween festivities at, you know, Casa de Silva. But Dave, a lot of us, you know, came in there with, I guess, higher expectations mainly because of the way we played against UNC, but also like how we played against UMass. What was your feeling, I guess, leaving, not leaving, I guess, you know, after watching the game on Saturday, you know, with this team moving forward? Well, I feel like we left an awful lot of opportunities out there on the field and a golden opportunity in the result. I'm not going to sit here and act like we didn't get jobbed by the refs. I mean, that was so bad. If I was Mike Norvell, I would almost be willing to take whatever fine you get from the ACC for finally speaking out on that because that was embarrassing. To the point, the media that hates Florida State was saying it themselves on Twitter. The people that hate Florida State. Yikes. Setting that aside, though, because I don't love blaming refs, and I'm sure we'll get into that. I, you got to be happy with the defensive performance. Uh, Clemson doesn't have a good offense. We talked a lot about that, but they went out there and they took a, took care of business. Jermaine Johnson said it was time to turn up, and that's what he did. But my God, man, the number of opportunities our offense left out there against a good defense, we had the ball time and time again and did nothing with it. Squandered too many opportunities. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like the – we had a very, very big chance to actually, you know, flip the script, you know, off the entire year. We started off 0 and 4. If we went to 4 and 4, you know, and beating Clemson, where I now get where, you know, where Max, you, and Trey were coming from, where it's like they have made the CFP every single year except for the inaugural season. That would be just huge for the program in itself. But we did squander an opportunity, you know, on offense. Also, with defense, we'll get to that a little bit more because I'm a little more. I guess nitpicky, I guess when it comes to the defense, because that's the side of the ball that I focus on the most, mainly because Adam Fuller is my arch nemesis at this point. And to me, it's just that, how do I put this? I'm not super upset with the offense, with the offensive play calling, because as we, I was under the impression that we will be lucky to score 20 points, primarily because our offensive line, I mean, they've improved every single week this year. That defensive line has three to four NFL draft prospects on there. Like, and not like fringe, you know, fifth and sixth rounders, like first, second, and maybe at the worst third round talent along that line. And we had a dinged up DLT, a dinged up Dylan Gibbons. Our, actually, our best lineman was Darius Washington, who also is our healthiest lineman. And he got hurt by the end of the game. 
So I'm not super nitpicky because we had to take what the defense could give us overall, even though I do agree with, you know, you in the group chat where Lawrence Tofili up the gut, why are we running with him while we have certain players out on the field? So to me, I'm not as, I guess, down as the offense as you are. Yeah, I mean, we can get more specifically into this if you want, if the people want, but it couldn't have just been me that saw us run the same slow developing halfback dive play again and again and again and in the most predictable of situations like there were a couple drives where like for example perfect example the drive right before that fluky uh touchdown pass we went slow developing dive slow developing dive screen pass three and out that wasn't we didn't just do that one time it's just weird to me how slow the the run was developing and against a good d line like that you give them time to penetrate they're gonna do it we just didn't set up that we didn't set up the run for success and that as a result let them bring a safety into the box our receivers couldn't get open even against one-on-one coverage because that's our receiver group for better or worse we're stuck with them so they didn't do jordan travis any favors I will be the first person to stick up for him in this game. He is not the reason we lost. He played a great football game in my in my opinion. He didn't ca- he didn't cause us any big mistakes. He didn't cost us the game. He made he made enough he made enough plays with his arm that it made me wonder why the coaches weren't trusting him to sling it out there a little more. I think they attempted one deep pass the entire game. Uh he had him open. He missed him by a yard or two, but why the hell we didn't try that again beyond me? I mean, like, I know I'm, I'm not the biggest person on pro football focus. That's more, you know, your kind of expertise for if you look at our pass blocking, I think there's Washington actually scored like an 89.1 overall. And our next two best, our next three were tight ends for pass blocking. Everybody else was either 60 or below. I think Devonta Love Taylor was next to 60. Our lowest one was Mo Smith or center. We just, I know we want to have these flashy deep plays. The problem is we need that longer to develop because our wide receiving group is so poor. So unfortunately, like that's like what we want that to happen, but we just can't take that to happen. But also with the the slow developing run game, I mean that's basically just how our run game is. If we're being, I mean, I don't think we should, we saw much different from play calling on Saturday. There's some instances where you know, hey, I didn't, I don't agree with that play, or like you said, where you see like, oh, I know what we're running here. So obviously, Venables knows what we're running there as well, but. At the end of the day, that's kind of what our identity actually is. And then with the fluky touchdown pass, I agree with you to an extent. I think I agree with you primarily that it is a little fluky because the tackle that happened with Tofili, he was never on the ground. That typically only happens, you know, those are like those highlight real plays. That's like that's like one of those man instances where right. you, throw, you throw your controller if you're online and you 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 disconnect. As folks can't see me, I'm doing the quotation right. marks right now online. But it was, he was still schemed over, and that's still before a tackle was a 30-yard gain. So it still was a really good play call. I just primarily think that, that we I said on Friday that this was going to be the unstoppable force, our running game versus the immovable object. And quite unfortunately, like this is the, this is what happens when you play a very, very, very good defense. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, the pass blocking wasn't great. But then, you know what? Maybe try some quick hitters. Try some quick slants. We had that out route, I think, that was it, Pokey, that didn't quite come come down and bound. Oh, yeah, I thought he had that too. I was like, damn, Pokey, see you. Yeah. But regardless, that was a quick developing pass. That didn't take too long. We didn't need the offensive line to give him 10 seconds back there. Try some quick passes. If the run game isn't working, you got to open the run up by making them fear some semblance of a pass. And again, 
this was a decent throwing day by Jordan Travis. He was putting the ball where it needed to be for the most part. And I've been a big critic of his arm. This was one game where I thought they could have trusted him out there, not maybe from the outset, but given the way he was playing over the course of the game, give the guy some chances to make some plays. Yeah, and that's kind of the unfortunate thing, too. I think that Jordan Travis probably, I know statistically wise, it doesn't show up, but I think this is probably his best game at quarterback at Florida State. It literally was just pinpoint passes. He was extending the play with his legs. Even when the offensive line, like, the offensive line didn't have a good day. I'm not saying they were terrible, but because who they went up against, that D-line, like I said before, is going to be some NFL draft prospects, but he definitely put the ball where it needed to be. He wasn't helped out by wide receivers with drops. Like I sound like Max right now, but this is literally what Max has been preaching all year. And this is basically that's basically the game plan that would happen. But to me, the offense is just they ran into something that a lot of people had difficulty with. And we scored 14 points on offense. That's something that, you know, even Georgia couldn't do. And Georgia right now is the best team in the country. So I think it's kind of a I know we're not the moral victories crowd here, but yeah, look at least for some silver lining. Cause if you had asked us like what, a week ago, even maybe two weeks ago, would we expect this kind of game? From our team i mean i wouldn't have picked us to win this game before unc i wouldn't pick that at all in fact i probably actually went over to our you know our friends over at prize picks because folks prize picks is the one-stop shop for all your latest picks you know for fantasy whether it be you know over receptions over yards me personally i'm more of a baseball guy so i'm on the prize picks through thick and thin from april to about october even though that's about to end with the the team in atlanta most likely probably being crowned the champion shout out to heath or yeah, the biggest fan that we know no they were not saying yeah baby here but Prize picks, all you do basically is you pick a player. I think Max picked Tyler Van Dyke to go under passing yards, and that didn't work. He also picked Kenny Pickett to go over rushing yards. That didn't hit either. So while Max isn't having a good time with that, he's still having a good time with it, and you might as well too. So head over to prizepicks.com. Use promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Match your deposit up to 100%. Prizepicks.com, Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. So today, folks, as you can tell, it's more that we're trying to like we're still we have a lot of mixed emotions about the game. Like I'm not gonna lie to you, after the final bell, final bell, the the final whistle was blown. I was probably just Dave can tell you I was heated. I had felt like I had been robbed. I had been cheated. I've been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, round amok, and downright out outright deceived by the ACC refereeing team and and also the defense too. Like I know that you and you and Max are a little more higher on the defense with that. I still saw like certain plays where. There were just certain plays, like play calling out in the defense that I just was not a fan of. And one of the big things that Max pointed out, and I saw a lot more once he pointed out, was that we gave DJ a lot of like respect when it came to run, run the ball like up the gut or through the side. And to me, we stressed all week that DJ has the confidence of Bambi. The man is not <laughs> confident. The man is not confident when, he, when he's out the pocket. He he has like no conviction when he's you know for a QB power or the end zone runs. And it appeared to me that. Not only were linebackers, you know, not sort of aggressive and going towards him, they're trying to give him a little more wriggle room, but it was like to the point where like they were instructed by whether it be Adam Fuller or Chris Marv to, you know, be wary of his legs. And that to me was more the crux of like why they were able to extend these plays. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to go over to the defense, I'm going to start with some positive here. I'm not going to feed into the negativity and I'll tell you why. We had five. We had five guys on defense, grade a seventy or better. Huge, huge, deserving shout out to Amari Gaynor. We we've said plenty about the improvements Amari Gaynor can make in his game. To put it nicely, the dude graded out better than eighty. He graded out eighty three point six in coverage. That's all we've been talking about about Amari Gaynor and the linebacker group this year is the coverage yeah. issues. 
And he went out there and he played a great coverage game on 31 snaps. We had our, our, our three highest graded players on defense, Jarquez McClellan, Amari Gaynor, and Jamie Robinson. None of them defensive linemen, which has been the case every single game. It's good to see guys stepping up in the secondary and way more importantly in the linebacker group. Again, Clemson's not a good offense, but this defense has improved week over week for four weeks now. Uh, I said plenty of not nice things about Adam Fuller. You probably said more. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, lean, team, I'm, leaning, I'm leaning train on that, my guy. I'm the conductor. No, I know. <laughs> but I said, I said it this morning. I have Adam Fuller now lower on my list than I do Kenny Dillingham. I, I realize that's probably not a popular opinion. That may be a hot take. I really did not like the way that offensive game plan was called. But the defense, I, I agree. They seem to oddly respect DJ uh, for a guy that hadn't earned it. He's a guy that couldn't hit the ocean throwing a football off a boat. It, 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 I mean, dear God, <laughs> it's true. He, he misses high, he misses low, he misses left, he misses right. He especially can't throw on the run. There was really nothing to fear. I, I would have liked to see a little more press coverage. I don't know why we were giving receivers room because again i don't think he's earned the respect on his deep ball and even in the mid-range throws really hasn't showed anything you should worry about press those receivers try to get extra pressure on him i would have liked to see some more of that but again we held them to 24 points that's no we had a good effort i mean that's a that is a really good effort i mean and like I know it was scores 30 to 20, but that thing at the end was just super fluky. We're not even going to discuss it. So that we held them 24 points. You're right about yeah. that. And also, I think Max pointed out in the group chat that DJ had his like what fourth worst QBR of the season. We also yeah. sacked him four times if you count the scoop and score. Folks, we're going to count that. That's a sack, in my personal opinion, if you fumble the ball. Yeah. And Georgia only has had more sacks than us in that game. So I think more my criticism is our defense did play a good game. They did. They did. I just and this is me being probably super nitpicky and folks, I, I kind of know that's the point, but it's just to me, I think the game plan was primarily just don't like not to let DJ beat you. And I just don't think he had heard anyone's respect to that at all whatsoever. And I was, I'm the big DJ guy. I came into the season thinking that he's, you know, be, it was going to be decent, but it wasn't going to be an all otherworldly. And we treated him like he was a Heisman candidate out there. We gave him, giving him all this time, allowing him to get comfortable. So to me, like one of my fears was that we game planned to not let him beat us, but also game plan is to, you know, not to lose the game instead of, you know, actually actively trying to win the game. Yeah. And we put so much emphasis on DJ that Shipley flew the hell under the radar into mm -hmm. a massive game that was really frustrating because the smallest of adjustments on each individual play where he broke free from our defensive line and then the linebackers, the smallest of adjustments could have stopped it from happening. The defensive linemen would get too aggressive in their pursuit and just run right by him. It happened several times. It was something I would really have loved to see an in-game adjustment on because, again, he's a decent running back. He may be a good running back, but he's a true freshman, right? He shouldn't have done that to us. And we we put so much emphasis on a guy that hadn't earned our respect or anyone's respect as a threat in DJ that we just totally overlooked what their running game might look like. And that bit us. You know, it, it bit us. And like, it goes to show, like, I don't mind you giving someone like Justin Ross that respect. Cause Justin Ross was a right. first round graded wide receiver coming out. Even as you, as you and Joey Nada, like those are really, really good players. 
But you do that with DJ, who's the best thing that DJ has done is unseat Riala Mitchell in QB1 a few years ago. Other than that, he has proved me nothing at all on the football field. I'm not saying he's going to be a bad QB, but right now, he is a mediocre QB at best. And in my personal opinion, I think we were scared to let him beat us, and he hadn't earned that. It was frustrating. Like, folks, I'm not trying to be like a Debbie Downer here. Like, we there's a lot of positive to take away from this game, but I'm not going to lie to you. I'm still a little salty about that, especially with the ref, the officiating, the refereeing at all. But there are just small little things that, like, this game to me was so winnable. Like, yeah. Because I see on Twitter where people are saying, you know, with better players, we would have won this game. Quite honestly, I think we should have, we could have won this game with those players. With these players. With I totally these, agree. With these players. And that's kind of more my issue. And, like, I don't blame Coach Norvell with that. I know you and Max are a little harder on Dillingham. I thought the game plan was the best that he could do with his defense because that defense is very good. And just with the defense, it was just, it was, we gave them a lot more credit. We fell down a name syndrome, I think, against them. That they're Clemson, they're DJ, former five-star. Like, that's to me what happened with that. And also, before we, you know, go to commercial break, I do want to say one thing about your boy, number 18. I don't need to see Travis J. play corner anymore. I yikes. don't. Yeah, that was uh, that was a yikes for me. I, I'm sure we're going to talk rest of the season when we come back from break. So I just want to add two final thoughts. We didn't lose to a better football team. That's the most frustrating part to me. Clemson was not a better football team than Florida State yesterday or on Saturday. It's really unfortunate because we went toe to toe with them. And I don't think we should have lost that game. And the way that I put it was, I don't think Clemson did just enough to win that game. I thought we did just enough to lose it. And that's the most frustrating part to me. Too many times we were in opportune positions. We get a huge fumble recovery. What do we do? Very next play, give it right back. There seemed to be no sense of urgency when urgency was needed. And in the big moment, in the big spot, when we were more than capable of getting a score, even if it was just getting in a field goal range a couple of times, just couldn't and didn't make it happen. We did just enough to lose. I'm going to say something after the break on that, but I it was just it's a really weird game when you just look at it because part of me does agree with that statement. The other part of me feels like I don't like blaming the refs, but quite honestly, I feel that that was just stolen from us. But one of the best things about, you know, after a game, you know, you go decompress a little bit. One way I do it, I go to the gym, I go to Orange Theory. As you can tell, my face is really beat red after my workout an hour ago. But after the gym, after Orange Theory, I head out over to get myself a nice and delicious built bar. Dave, what's your favorite flavor of built bar right now? Uh, right now, the talk to cookie dough. Second would be the blueberry. Ooh, that's pretty good. Uh, it does. I mean, that sounds pretty good. I got some of the uh, the pumpkin bar ones. I'm a big pumpkin guy. It's like November. It's fall. It's spooky season out here. And trust me, your boy's crushing that along with the cherry barcia. Folks, you know that the favorite of Max is the peanut butter brownie. So head over to builtbar.com. Folks, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. They only have bars. They got little bites. Get little pouches there. It's it's a, it's probably your one stop shop for all your protein based products. That's where I get all most of my stuff now. Because trust me, your boy, I lose a little bit of LBs for our boy Cam's wedding coming in December. Because trust me, I need to get in that suit. Cam, sorry about that. But folks, head on over to builtbar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, L O C K E D 15 to get 15% off your order. All right, Dave. Now that we kind of, you know, there are a little mini event session going out. Like, I know we should be, you should be a little more positive about the game. Like, and there's a lot of good take out from this game. I think the program is heading in the right direction still, even after a loss. But it still doesn't mean that we have some frustrations to let out. I kind of want to ask you, what is now going to be your outlook for the rest of the season moving forward after this Clemson game, after what you saw? Well, 
I don't think the result of that game changes how I feel about the rest of the season. Uh, I obviously winning that game would have really upped our chances for bowl eligibility. And that's always nice to get back to after we had our ridiculous streak broken. But again, we were good enough to hang with Clemson. I don't know who the best team in this conference is. I do know that it's not Wake Forest. It is Wake Forest. It's not. Clemson still could win the Atlantic. That's the craziest thing. That would have been probably one of the nicest parts about beating them. They would have all but been eliminated from winning the Atlantic. Now they're still in contention. But look, we play NC State at home. Then we get Miami at home. And we we finish the season with two road games to BC and Florida. BC didn't look great yesterday. Oh, dude, they're bad. They're bad. Yeah, not scared of them anymore. I'm going to count that as a win. Um, NC State, that team doesn't scare me. I, I, look, the way we played yesterday, I think, was probably good enough to beat NC State. The way Jordan Travis played was definitely good enough to beat NC State. Uh, I don't expect our running game to look like that again the rest of the season. Clemson's run defense is ridiculous, but I, ex- I fully expect our running game to get picked right back off where it left off prior to Clemson against NC State. Miami gave up a bajillion points to Kenny Pickett, who could have thrown for 700 yards. Uh, I, I'm aware that the University of Coral Gables won. It really irritates me. But on the bright side, keep Manny Diaz there. Come on. Come on. That's a winnable game. So Florida, Florida got blown the hell out to Georgia. A lot of teams would. But it did happen. Florida doesn't look good. Everyone left on our schedule has vulnerabilities. There's no reason why we shouldn't win at least two of those games. There just isn't. That'd be very disappointing if we didn't. Do you see us only winning two more of those games and finishing up five and seven? Do you see that as like a positive improvement upon the year from where we started and also as an improvement as a program as a whole? Depends how you characterize it. Because if you ask, well, after Louisville, if you knew we were going to go five and seven, how would you feel? You would first laugh because, no, we're not winning five more games. We're... We might win one or two. We were all in that spot. But if you asked after UMass, you might be disappointed to think we may not make a bowl game because we had one of the better Octobers of any team in college football. We were going into Clemson with momentum and in a game that we could have won, uh, we would have been sitting at four and four. We would have had the same record as Clemson in Florida. Uh, and bowl eligibility would have been looking like a foregone conclusion at that point. So it depends the perspective you come into it with. If you're just looking from where we entered the season, we wanted we wanted to see eight wins. Obviously, that's not possible. Six wins would be really, really good for these coaches to be able to sell to recruits of how big of a comeback they made and, and just kind of recreated themselves after that Louisville game, starting with that four-game skid. A five and seven season is the end of the world. It's a big improvement on the last two years, but I'm really sick of saying, oh, it's an improvement. It's an improvement. And I'm sure a lot of people are sick of saying, hearing that. Oh, it's important are. that we improve. But at some point, we just want to see it turn into W's. That may not be now. That may not be the most important thing. The improvement's got to come first. But we started to see it. And again, six wins it would just be a really nice emphasis on the season of the improvement. It'd be really nice, really indicative of the improvement. No, I, I, I think I'm right there with you. I think that it's most importantly that we take those two out of the last four, because I think if I, like as much as, you know, I was, I mean, I said nine and three at the beginning of the year. I thought that was, that was, I was in the extremely optimistic camp, but then, you know, once the game started, I was very like, you know, Hey, like 
let's win three games at the rest of the, at the rest of the end of the year after the UMass game. Where now I think too, with I see variable like VC is a winnable game. I don't care if it's yeah. in Chestnut Hill. I don't care if it's a Red Bandana game. I don't give a damn. That's a team that's not good at all whatsoever. NC State, I think, is still going to be a difficult game. I think they're a better team than Clemson, but I don't think they do everything as well as Clemson. Their defense is nowhere near as, you know, as potent, but their offense is a little bit better, so it's a little bit of a balancing act. If we kept Clemson this close away, because NC State's at home, so to me, that's going to be a game that we definitely should win, so that's two right there. The only caveat with Miami is now they're starting to win games, and actually Tyler Van Dyke actually does look like a serviceable, good quarterback. I know you're rolling your eyes, Dave, but he actually does look a lot more confident with each and every single week, and that's something that you know, that's something to keep an eye on with this week and the week following when we play them because that team is a lot different now with him under center. And then with Florida, I mean, you were right. You called me out on it, you know, on Friday night when I was making my bets that I took Florida plus fourteen. You laughed at me. You told me that it'll be Florida's gonna be lucky to score a point. You're right. They didn't score anything yesterday. They were shut out. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to Dan Mullen. But I do agree that you know these last four games are crucial to show like the actual improvement of the actual entire program. Because for the Clemson game, as much as you know, I was on on you know ragging the defense as much as Dave was ragging the offense. There was so much more positivity, you know, to bring out the game. And also, if we're being honest, our complaints are being a little more nitpicky than you know. Yeah. Saying, they're saying there's a core issue at the foundation of it, folks. We're not about moral victories here. We're not. We're frustrated just as much as the rest of you are. But you can still criticize the team and still find, you know, little beacons of hope, little silver linings like out there. Because if you keep being just stay negative and completely just trash the team, you know, day in, day out, you're going to get exhausted and you're going to be happy with nothing going forward. The one thing I do want to harp on with this team before we, you know, head out of here, I don't want to see this team get complacent because they played a hard fought game like they did against Notre Dame. Because they did lose a heartbreak against Clemson. Whether they would be robbed, whether it be you know poor play calling, doesn't matter. They lost a game that primarily most people thought they should have won. I think you know when you asked Max what was our post win expectancy after the fumble, it was like an eighty eight percent. Yeah, and that was negated by a trash call on DJ Lundy for the unnecessary roughness, the PI on Kevin Knowles. That I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought thought we were playing football here. I didn't know what we were doing. You know, Batman. To me, I want to see this team actually capitalize on on a good performance moving forward and not treat like Notre Dame. And then sleepwalking to NC State because if you see how teams are sleepwalking into other games, I shout out to Pitt and NC State the past week against Miami. That I don't want to sleepwalk and lose games that you know we should be not only competitive win, but we have a chance to steal one because now we have to steal a game to be bowl eligible. But I'm with you. I think five and seven primarily the best outlook, and honestly, it's step forward in the right direction. Yeah, you know the last thing I'll say is it was really interesting to have that feeling of God damn it. Right after Jermaine Johnson brought that fumble back, I had that feeling of, oh, we have to defend a lead of three points with like six minutes left. Like it's a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing because it means we're in position to defend leads at the end of games. But it was a curse because it felt like it would have it would have been a lot easier to take a twenty point loss than it did a gut wrenching loss like that where I feel like it was ripped from me. I feel like we should have won that game and instead. See that Dabo's. You see Dabo's little quote after the game. The top five game of his career, or something. Yeah, folks. If that doesn't tell you that we're, the program is going in the right direction, a top five win in Dabo's career, who mind you has played in three separate national championships, has one at least. Sorry, it's two, I think he has two, right? Yeah. He has two national championships. Has you know been to CFP every year except for the one. Says that him beating an FSU team who is now three and five 
on their third head coach in four years, that's a top five win. That shows you exactly where this program is moving forward and also shows you where Clemson right now is headed to the dumps. And if we're being honest, folks, I think we're, me and Dave are more depressed because we had a really fire Photoshop to share with you all actually on the timeline, and now we yep. can use that. But yep. all we got to do now is save that for next year. Folks, thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you so much for the love and support. Please, if you can, don't forget to rate, review, like, share, or subscribe either on our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, where we get your podcast from. Also, we are now on YouTube, so hit the like button, the little video, hit the subscribe button so you get, you know, stay up, they will latest content. Also, ring that little bell so whenever we drop new videos, you see Dave's face, you know, first thing in the morning. Trust me, it's a beautiful sight to see. And join us in the Discord, ask Dave or my, myself, you know, DM us to get the uh, inch low for that. So for Drake, that was Dave. And Max, you know, he says, you know, hello on the road. We'll see you next time on Lockdown Seminoles. Happy Halloween, everybody. So you have to leave this for you, NC State. NC State.